With your help, we can continue to fight for freedom. This is not possible without your generosity. Join our quest for the truth and our freedom and donate today. Simply go to tntradio.live. Interviews, news, and views. This is State of the Nation with Steve Hook and Brian McClain. Today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Okay, rolling into the second hour of State of the Nation. We're so happy you're here with us for State of the Nation at today's News Talk TNT with myself, Brian McLean, and Steve Hook. We're broadcasting out of Central Texas and the Jersey Shore, respectively. TNTradio.live is our website. So if you're just joining us and you missed anything in that first hour, you can always find anything that you missed on the TNT website under the episodes link and we highly recommend that you check it out because we are live 24 7 there is always 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 new material up there for you and live material so big shout out to everyone hanging out in the interactive live chat room over there at tntradio.live sorry i can't be in there in the chat with you today but we've got a very dynamic show we're doing and uh this next segment is uh going out to toby keith uh rest in peace uh very sad to see that toby toby has uh Moved on. Um, that's right. Toby Keith has died. His social media sites and website announced early this morning. He was only 62 years old, and the sites say that uh, he passed peacefully last night on February 5th, surrounded by his family. He fought his fight with grace and courage. Um, Keith announced in June of 2022 that he'd been undergoing treatment for stomach cancer since the previous fall. Okay, well, you know, uh, very sad to see this news come through today. We uh, rearranged the show just a little bit so that we could cover it. And we're going to be speaking with country music singer and songwriter Glenn Baker right after this, uh, this brief announcement here. For all the latest community events, rallies, marches, festivals, and fundraisers happening near you, all you need to do is visit our What's On Events calendar on the TNT website at tntradio.live and stay in touch on TNT. The latest headlines waiting for you. I follow the news pretty much throughout the day. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Now, uh, John Rich of the country duo Big and Rich called Toby Keith a friend and a legend. He was a true patriot, a first-class singer-songwriter, and a bigger-than-life kind of guy. He'll be greatly missed. Uh, joining us now to discuss this loss is singer, songwriter, and lifetime entrepreneur, Glenn Baker. Glenn, welcome back to State of the Nation. It's great to see you again, uh, but under sad circumstances today, the world of country music is mourning the loss of Toby Keith after the news broke this morning, and we'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Yeah, my friend, it's good to see you as well. It's kind of a somber day in country music. Um, you know, you mentioned John Rich. John Rich is a friend of mine. I didn't have the honor of meeting Toby, but Today, Toby lost a, uh, or the United States of America lost a great man in Toby Keith. And, uh, you know, he wrote some incredible, incredibly patriotic, uplifting songs. And you know what? He wrote some songs that was talking about putting a boot right up their butt, too. I mean, he was a good dude. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, you mentioned some of his, some of his hits, admittedly, just by way of just, I'm not a biggest country music fan, but as I get older, I appreciate it more and more. I'm from Georgia. Hell, I'm from Travis Tritt's neighborhood. So I, I know the genre and it, whether you like country music or we're just kind of uh, on the fence about it, everybody knew Toby Keith. I mean, yeah. American soldier made in America. He oh. was, uh, he was as red, white, and blue as you can get. And he wasn't ashamed to admit it. And he wasn't ashamed to tell people who didn't like it to go pound sand. He was the kind of guy that we needed. And I must say this when it comes to country music, and I think a lot of our friends across the pond are like, I don't understand why you guys like it. Hey, if it wasn't for country music, you wouldn't have rock and roll, folks. That's just a fact. That's <laughs> that just a fair. fact. It's, it's country, gospel, and blues. You mix those all together and you get rock and roll. And, you know, Toby Keith as a country star, he kind of carried himself with a bit of a rock and roll swagger, though. And he had that uh, he had that he had that vibe about him. I remember we he played here and uh, I'm on the Jersey Shore. He played the legendary Stone Pony, which, of course, is where Bruce Springsteen got a lot of his early start back in the early mid 70s. And Toby Keith rode about 30 miles to the shore on back of his on his Harley. He pulled in. There was a band on stage. He jumped on stage, and the first song they did was "I Love This Bar," and the crowd oh. went nuts. I mean, and that yeah. was uh, quite a few years ago. It was really kind of sad to hear that he was going to tour in 2024. Obviously, that's out. But 
What are your finest memories of, uh, of, of Toby? I know you didn't know him personally, but give us some stories about Toby Keith. That, that- well, first of all, Toby's an Oklahoma dude, just like I am. And uh, he's a country dude that's not, like you said, is not afraid to speak out. Guys, that's the problem we've had in this country for many, many years. Conservatives especially, we've been way, way too quiet. And Toby didn't have a problem with telling you what he thought. And if you didn't like it, you know, take a hike. It didn't matter. Um, and that was in his personal and that was in his music as well. So, you know, some of the things that I really remember the most about Tom, Toby, especially after 9-11, um, when he started kicking out that songs, the songs about, you know, putting a boot up your ass, it's the American way and, and uh, letting them know that the Taliban ain't got nothing on the United States. He stood not only for our country, but he stood for our soldiers. And it's ironic, my friends, that we've lost two Great patriots in country music just in the last few years. You know, uh, Charlie Daniels, probably one of my favorite men in, in all of music, uh, was a stand-up dude, a great rocker, a great country singer, but he loved his country and he loved his God and he wasn't afraid to talk about it. Now we've got Toby, same kind of guy, stand-up dude. Everybody that knew him loved him, wasn't afraid to talk about God, wasn't afraid to talk about his country and didn't care whether you believed it or not, whether you believed his way or not, he'd let you know about it. And I I think that's one of the things that we've got to step up and we're not going to be able to fill his boots. But we got to step up and make the uh, make it known that we're like that as well. John Rich is doing a great job in that right now. There's others that are doing a great job in it right now, and that's my mission as well. I don't care whether you like it or not. We're going to put out some great music, and we're going to talk about our country. We're going to talk about the good things in our country. We're going to talk about our God that's protect us. Come see us, come don't. But you're going to hear about it if you turn the radio on. Yeah, absolutely. You know what? And and the thing that I love about what you do and what Charlie did and what Toby did is like, it's still fun. It's not like, you know, at, speaking for myself as sort of the, you know, metalhead in the group here, it's like, I look at some of the bands that I looked up to when I was a kid that kind of taught me that rebellious nature. You know, I could reference like Rage Against the Machines or Dead Kennedys, for example, but they're now all raging leftists who are like, just insane you know what i mean they just talk politics all the time and they don't they're they're politically illiterate but it's Uh like you you guys that we're talking about here you know and and thanks again for taking the time to join us we know you're really busy but you guys still like to have fun you know the songs like i love this bar red solo cup um you know beer for my horses you know Uh there's still like that that good feeling american vibe inside of that you know so i i i don't really i know there's not really a question in there but i mean how important is that to you to and your fellow musicians you know that you relate to to keep up that good spirit because i think that's one of the things that really under underscores some of the more cutting messages that you would hear in like courtesy of the red white and blue right well as an artist that's getting some radio play now and and honestly at 56 years old i'm surprised where god's allowed me to be Uh, right now we're playing on 600 stations in the u.s and playing in new zealand and i take that as as not just an honor but a responsibility not just to put out good music about our country good music about god there's got to be some fun involved too we can't be just boring so uh, we are releasing in in the month of april a new song called soldier strong and uh, again, ironically, here, here's Toby that stands so strongly for our, our soldiers and Marines and our, and our servicemen that we're releasing this. We're going to be doing a, a show or two or actually a tour with a man named Ira Dean, who's from Trick Ponies, a Grammy nominated ACM award winner that's written some great stuff with Aaron Lewis. So we're, we're writing really strong, good music right now. But we also got to have some fun. And uh, so we're working on some cool stuff. We got one later on in this year. It says, if it gets any better, I'm going to be good looking. So we're going to have some fun with that too. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like a lot of fun. I tell you one thing, my, 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 uh, my wife and I, just a little anecdotal story. It had anything to do with Toby Keith so much, but it kind of does in a way. My wife and I went down to Wildwood, New Jersey about, uh, oh, hell, it was last end of last summer. And we just so happened, we didn't plan on it, but it just so happened that the weekend we were there, 
they were doing a country music festival. And you'd be surprised, uh, Glenn, how big country music is in New Jersey. It's actually big everywhere. It's blowing up. Yeah, uh, and in New Jersey, it's big. And the weekend we were there, it was called Boots in the Sand because it was right there on the beach. And we went to a couple of the bars there that weren't really country bars, but they were that weekend. And man, I can't tell you how much fun that crowd had. There was line dancing going on. There was, I mean, it was just, a, and everybody was friendly and everybody was happy to be there. And that's kind of what I like, what I do appreciate about country music. And you mentioned Aaron Lewis. Aaron Lewis is, used to be a rocker. I mean, he was stained. I mean, you listen to some of their yeah. early stuff. Uh, that was rock and roll. And I think to Hesh's point, he kind of got sick of that whole rock and roll, Green Day, American idiot, America sucks, uh, you know, rage against capitalism and all this stuff. And he said, screw this. I'm going to go to my roots, even though he's a Jewish kid from New, New Hampshire. And he's yeah. a great country artist now. Yes. So that speaks yeah. volumes. Well, Aaron Lewis is a great American. And yeah. if, you, if you haven't had a chance to see his stuff that he's doing now, Take the time. I mean, Ira and him, Ira Dean and he wrote a song about two years ago that came out and hit number one on every genre in the streaming world on the same day called Am I the Only One? Yeah, and it is great song. slapped right in your face. But um, Aaron actually just released a new album. I think he's got some really good stuff that you're getting ready to hear about right now. A That's great excellent. dude. A great guy, yeah. man. Super nice guy. Met him several times. Very nice yeah. guy. Yeah, so I'm, and I'm, we need more I'm, of those people. We need those people that are good Americans, man. I'm sick of these prima donnas stepping out and and acting however they want to act and getting all prissy against the against the country and throwing the flag down and saying you're a bigot if you don't do that. Kiss my butt, man. I am born here. I was raised here. I fought for this country. I'm going to believe the way I'm going to believe. I'm going to believe the way I was raised. I'm going to tell you about it. If you don't like it, okay. If you don't like me, okay. But my mission right now is to educate this country about our God and our country and to bring people together. We got too much fighting. It's time to be we the people again. Yeah, here, absolutely. Here. You know, in, in, um, I, I guess I'll, I'll wrap with this one. Maybe, um, maybe you could talk a little bit about, um somewhat briefly if you can got a couple minutes left if you could talk a little bit about um traditional country music or you know maybe old older school uh influenced oh. country music people like yourself versus sort of the pop country um ethos that i hear so much of you know just going to various restaurants around texas and stuff like to me um you know like waylon jennings charlie daniels people like yourself toby keith they they speak to me Whereas, you know, a lot of this other stuff just kind of seems like pop music that's just been, yeah. you know, looked at through a lens of country music. Well, here's what people, a lot of people don't understand is Nashville is completely bought and sold. Um, they're the ones that are directing this pop music. I mean, we've got people that are on the radio and calling it country, if you will, on the radio right now that they're no more country than a man in the moon. Um, old school country. Truthfully, I'm not a big fan of the twangy twangy from the old stuff, but some of it was really hot. I sing country music because I talk country and I got a low voice. Quite frankly, if I had a high voice and could kick it, I'd probably be a rocker. Um, but it fits what I do. And then you got people like Waylon Jennings and you got people like Charlie Daniels and you got people like Hank Williams Jr. And you got those kind of people that were just dadgum real. And that realness came out in what they did musically as well. That's what I want to be. Those are the guys don't necessarily want to be like them, but I want to be, I want to work like them. I want to have that work ethic. And, and so the new poppies country, I'm not a great big fan. I, I'll be honest with you. And a lot of people won't like to hear that from me, but I'm not a great big fan. But if you got a rock, you got a beat and you can drive me. I'm in. There yeah. You go. Yeah. I, I'm a big, I'm a big Waylon fan too. And uh, that ain't the way Hank would have done it or whatever. That song is just such a killer. Like, yeah. I, let, let, let's talk about country artists real quick, because this is something that, uh, this is something that uh, intrigues me. This whole country pop thing. It has become quite a, uh, quite, uh, quite popular. And you, I think you're right. You got, uh, A&R guys and gals, and you got record producers based out of Nashville and Nashville has changed dramatically in the last oh, 25, 30 years. Uh, and I guess they're directing a lot of this, 
But amongst the fans, there's a clamoring for the realness, the very realness that Toby Keith embodied, I, I, and you embody, and 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 Waylon, and and Johnny Cash, and and, and Merle Haggard, for God's sakes. Yeah. Um, uh, one of my good friends uh, that I went to school, God, I went to school with him from second grade up and right through high school. His son won the Voice, Bryce Leatherwood, oh. and I don't know if you know Bryce. But the one thing they're saying about Bryce Leatherwood is this guy's old school. This guy sounds like Clint Black. This is what country music should sound like. Are you noticing that country fans are starting to kind of reject some of this mass-produced, marketed uh, pop music with cowboy hats and boots, uh, and, and country fans are wanting to go back to the roots a little bit more? Are you? It kind of depends on the age group that you're talking about. Now, if you're talking about the younger ones. 18, 20, 22, 24, they're still buying the, the pop because it's pretty. You know, they pick dudes that are that are pretty, that got a little ripped abs, you know, and they got that good look and they got that high sound. And so the younger ladies are doing that a lot, but you get into it where there's a little maturity. Mid-20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, yeah. Yeah, they're they're tired of, of being told what to listen to. And that's what's happening in Nashville. They took a, uh, uh, Nashville has done a, a study you know, and, and this study says it should sound more like this. And we can cross over between pop and country and call it something, call it country, but it's really not that anymore. So in Nashville, we're seeing a lot more of that. But go to the Texas market. The Texas market will rip it and kick it. And uh, they don't do a lot of this stuff that Nashville does where they overproduce it. It sounds like it's been orchestrated. Every note is on pitch. Every beat is right where it's supposed to be. It's a little more raw a little more grassroots, and it's stuff that just grabs your soul, man. Creed Fisher is one of those guys. If you get a chance yeah. to listen to Creed, he's one of those guys. All right, we're going to check him out. It's the same with the metal scene down here. It is great in Texas. Uh, it's not overproduced. It's raw, and it's drawing. TheGlennBakerBand.com is the website. Glenn Baker, thank you so much for being with us here and doing what you do and taking the time to discuss your thoughts on the sad loss of Toby Keith. We'll love to have you back on again real soon right here at State of the Nation on today's News Talk TNT. TNT's Pervoy Morich. He details factually how Russia is rolling out the algorithm ghetto, um, you know, the, the, the multipolar edition of the algorithm ghetto a prototype of a traffic light that records traffic violations by a pedestrian at a crossing was tested in Moscow. So Russians now, they'll, they'll have a, the government will take a snapshot of their face and then run that through the databases to figure out who is who and then find them, uh, I suppose. Uh, and then, you know, he, he points out that there are a lot of developments now. Moscow 2030, it's, it's uh, they want to make uh, Moscow achieve smart city status uh and there's just you know you look at the white papers moscow and russia are all in on agenda 2030 smart cities algorithm ghetto digital ids pervoy morich on today's news talk tnt the light is britain's far-right conspiracy theory paper spreading hate and vicious lies <laughs> No, that's what the BBC say. The Light is the only national newspaper bringing you the real news and informed opinion on what's really going on today. You can subscribe, order copies, submit articles, and read back issues on our website, thelightpaper.co.uk, and see for yourself why the establishment are so worried about the uncensored truth getting out to people every month. The Light Paper. Not for right, just right so far. Thelightpaper.co.uk. Well, I want to say this, and I'm going to say it just once. This is today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right. We are about to geek out with our favorite 2A law analyst and attorney in this segment. We're going to be joined by William Kirk once again from Washington Gun Law. At issue today are two cases that are important to know about as America fights back against state and federal drives to further their gun control agendas. Both of these cases we're going to talk about are heavily influenced by the Bruin decision from the Supreme Court. We'll start with the Obama-appointed judge who just effectively overturned a particularly odious application of 
USC Section 922, which disarms nonviolent felony offenders. Uh, and then we'll pivot to an update on the fight against red flag laws. William Kirk of Washington Gun Law and the Washington Gun Law YouTube channel. Welcome back to State of the Nation. Let's start with the Obama appointed judge. Uh, what is it? Stacy Yandel, I believe, in the yeah. case of United States v. Cherry out of Illinois. This is the most amazing thing about this. Really, this is an really Illinois is. case with an Obama appointed judge. Give us the details. Yeah. So uh, listen, uh, I, I doubt the judge is listening to us right now, but if she is, she did a fantastic job of uh, following the law. I, I think that when you have an Obama appointed judge in Illinois, uh, they're not likely to want to overturn uh, established federal gun control law. Uh, what the judge there found was 18 United States Code Section 922 G1 is unconstitutional for a lack of a historical analog to justify its existence. Uh, that statute precludes anybody who's been convicted of a crime that they could be punished for a year or more from uh, possessing a firearm. So it can be all felons. And of course, amongst felons, yeah, we do have some that are very dangerous and probably deserve to be disarmed. But amongst that is a large, large group of nonviolent, non-dangerous individuals who have a, a inability to become armed later on in life after they have, you know, corrected the errors of their ways. Yeah. I got to say, William, the thing that's so maddening about all of this gun grabbing that the left seems to be so uh, beholden to is that we've got, I don't know, I'm sure you probably know right off the top of your head, but we've got loads of federal, not to mention all the state gun laws on the books as it is. And at the same time that they're reaching for everybody's gun and everybody's right to carry, they're also releasing violent criminals onto the streets and defunding police and uh, no cash bail and all this. While, yes. while on the other side of the mouth, they're saying, well, what we got to do is we got to stop the guns as if the guns are committing these crimes. This is uh, that they won't even enforce the laws on the books. So why are we even attempting? Why are they even attempting to pass new laws? I mean, I think I know the answer. Kind well, of rhetorical. Yeah, you know, yeah. Stephen, all of those are great points. First of all, I'll give both you guys a stat that you can use. And this is not my stat. But the next time you want to get in a debate, the United States Department of Justice this is their own statistics here, say that 88.8% .8 of all gun crimes that are committed in the United States are committed by an individual who, at the time the crime is committed, is unlawfully possessing the firearm. So we have identified the demographic group that creates these violence issues in our communities. So one would think, both at the state and federal level, that we would write, you know, 90% of our laws to actually affect that targetable demographic group. But no, 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 that's not what we do at all. Instead, we write gun laws over and over and over to disarm people like you and me and all your listeners here today who are the lawful and responsible gun-owning Americans. The, you do not pick up the paper and find that most of these gun crimes are committed by a guy who walked into a Cabela's a week earlier and filled out his 4473, bought the firearm, and then went out and committed a horrific act. They're trying to disarm Americans because it's not about the guns. It's about the control. And it is not gun control. You can't control an inanimate object, for God's sakes, okay? And so, you know, they play this labeling game, and I think we need to we need to jump down in there and play it with them. It is not gun control. It is civilian disarmament. That's what they're attempting to do. Yeah, it absolutely is. So, so in this case, um, uh, Mr. Cherry was the one that was defending himself, and he's trying to not be disarmed for the rest of his life. And, right. you know... After watching your your breakdown of this on Washington Gun Law over there at YouTube, um, you know it it's interesting because um, they're saying basically they they have to look. Uh, the judge did what she was supposed to do. She looked at the Bruin decision. She looked for um, this analog in in U.S. history, and it's not there. And she said as much. So does this? How does this actually affect? Um, people, nonviolent people that have a felony on their record at this point. I mean, are where where are we now countrywide? It's an excellent question. I think that post-Bruin, we are beginning to see this kind of awakening in several areas of Second Amendment litigation, one of which is the disarmament regime, the numbers of people that we've seen disarmed for some type of prior conduct. 
We had United States v. Rahimi argued about a month and a half ago before the United States Supreme Court. We expect the ruling on that in June. I think Rahimi loses. I think gun owners can still win. And I think they can still win because I think the Supreme Court could carve out a very clear exception that we can disarm people who we deem to be dangerous. Um, but that is the exclusive category by which we can disarm individuals. Now, I know we'll get into debates about what constitutes dangerousness, and certainly the dangerous standard in Texas would be a lot different than it would be in California. I'm certain of that. There are two other cases that your, uh, your viewers should be aware of. One's uh, United States v. Daniels, currently on petition to the United States Supreme Court. That involves just a cannabis user. A person using cannabis for, I don't recall if it was for recreational or medicinal reasons, they've been disarmed for that reason. I think we need to do some soul searching on that statute. Then there's another case called Range versus the Attorney General of the United States. Mr. Range was convicted like 30 years ago of some food stamp fraud. Clearly a nonviolent felon. Mr. Range poses no threat to society whatsoever. He's incapable of getting his, his rights restored because of 18 uh, USC 922 G1. So this is a, a one of many shots that's going to be fired on this whole disarmament regime. I do think there is a historical tradition, if you go all the way back even into the 1600s, of Americans uh, permitting the disarmament of individuals who we believe to be dangerous. Yeah, let's, let, let's pick up right Let's pick up right there. We got a brief headline inbound with the network here. And when we come back, we'll pick up there and maybe we can apply that to uh, New York's red flag laws and what happens there when they meet the Bruin decision. We're with William Kirk of Washington Gun Law right here on State of the Nation at today's News Talk TNT. What a news day this is turning out to be. Wait, 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 wait till you hear this. Now, TNT Radio News. For TNT, this is James O'Neill. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky is reportedly considering the dismissal of both Valery Zeluzhny, the commander-in-chief of the armed forces, and Sergei Sheptala, the chief of the general staff. This news follows Zelensky's recent announcement of a significant restructuring of Ukraine's leadership. A recent poll conducted by Servation and reported by ITV reveals a significant decline in support for the Labour Party among British Muslims since the last general election. Globalist agendas, democratic rights at risk, corruption, propaganda, it never stops. For the news and views silenced by the mainstream media, by government and corporations, vote one. TNT Radio. Free speech always has a home here. Stay up to date with the latest live news and current affairs delivered by our lineup of expert commentators and hosts. Listen to TNT Radio anywhere you go. Ask Alexa or Google to play TNT Radio or download the TNT Radio app for free from the App Store or Google Play. Today's news talk. This is TNT Radio. Now, in the wake of the Bruin decision, some states like New York, California, a couple others we could point out, they really upped their usage of the red flag law. And uh, in New York, uh, William, I learned on your YouTube channel that they have quadrupled the execution of red flag laws. That's four times as many in the post-Bruin world. How does Bruin affect the red flag laws uh, with regards to the case uh, Gagno versus DS, I believe, filed in Dutchess yeah. County, New York? Fascinating case, because what you have is really the first of what will be many collision points between red flag laws and the Bruin opinion. Now, if a court, the Bruin opinion involves two, a two-part analysis. Okay, The first step is simply is, does the plain text of the Second Amendment cover the activity in question here? Since the answer is frequently yes, we then move to the second part of the inquiry, which is, can the government justify this by showing us some type of historical analog from the late 1700s that show us that we as a nation accept these sorts of restrictions? So when it gets to red flag laws, there is absolutely no historical analog in the 1700s, in the 1800s, in most of the 1900s, where we just could disarm an individual based on no procedural due process, based merely on an allegation that sometimes is supported by some probable cause and sometimes not. So if the court finds that the Second Amendment covers the activity, then red flag laws would get struck down because there is absolutely no historical analog to doing it that way. So what the court did there in New York, in the case we're talking about now, is the court said, Gagno, basically said, hey, listen, the Second Amendment doesn't cover this activity. And what they did is they basically dissected a couple of words from the Heller opinion and a couple of words from the Bruin opinion where it talks about the Second Amendment protects its ordinary law-abiding citizens. 
And even though that was a description used by the court to describe who the Second Amendment protected, what the court did was fixate on that and said, well, listen, Gagno here is subject to a red flag law. Gagno here has been accused of all sorts of terrible stuff. And because of that, he is not an ordinary law-abiding citizen, and therefore the Second Amendment does not protect him. That was the out that the court took on that. The reason I felt that the case was important is, is that what I have seen in tracking these cases around the country is once we get this reasoning, the first judge that kind of comes up with the reasoning of, hey, here's how we can work around the case law. Here's how we can uphold civilian disarmament. You'll see those opinion, that line of reasoning kind of expand throughout the courts that are favoring civilian disarmament. God. I, you know, I, uh, the thing is, you know, William, when people say red flag law, and these are people that are not gun owners and not really Second Amendment advocates at all, but they liken themselves to being common sense. And the argument from them is, man, it's just common sense. The guy's a wife beater. You can't let him have a gun. Man, it's just common sense. The guy is, uh, the, the gal has had psychological issues. You can't let her have a gun. And it sounds so cut and dry. The problem with red flag laws are pretty obvious if you really look at it, though. If you drill down into it, say a man and a wife are having a bitter divorce. All of a sudden, the wife says, hey, he's got a gun and he threatened to shoot me with it. Could be complete BS. But wham, bam, there goes his constitutional rights. And I'm just I, I just come back to the fact that they are trying to disarm the nation while at the same time leaving our borders wide open and empty it. So all of South and Central American prisons are being emptied into our southern border, while at the same time we're emptying our own prisoners uh, onto the streets and then saying, hey, listen here, Mr. NRA, listen here, Mr. Gun Rights Advocate, you can't have that gun because your ex-wife said that you might be a threat. I mean, I, I just wish that we need to... Uh, we need to get the word out what what the dangers of red flag laws well, a little and, bit better. And everything you said there is 100% true. I have, as a criminal defense attorney, which in my previous lifetime, I lived in the courtroom. Now I'm trying to get out of that and be more of a, a full-time educator through YouTube and things like that. But have I represented individuals on red flag laws that they had bogus allegations against them? Yeah, in the middle of a nasty divorce, in the middle of some neighborhood you know, dispute and stuff like that. Absolutely, I've seen that. I have said very openly on my channel that I, I believe that the purpose of red flag laws is actually is one I could understand. I really can't because I've met some people who have been armed that probably should not be. I have in my line as a criminal defense attorney. The problem is, is once we try to implement red flag laws, we have not developed a way to do it that actually ensures any semblance of protecting a person's constitutional rights, whether it's procedural, substantive, Second Amendment, Fifth Amendment, whatever it may be. And so it, it, it's a long way from even being an acceptable way of dealing with these types of, you know, real societal issues. Yeah, yeah. And as you pointed out in, in your video on your channel about this, the, the court, the, the government's position on this is is quite literally going through Heller and Bruin and picking out phrases, tiny little phrases Three like Three words. Uh, like activity not covered in the Second Amendment argumentation, like they're pointing to ordinary and law abiding what is ordinary in law well, that's abiding? The thing. That's the thing, because what we if we and this is why I'm hopeful that the United States Supreme Court and Rahimi is going to really try to draw some really nice bright lines for all of us to follow. Maybe if we see an acceptance of Daniels or Range, what I think is more likely going to happen is Daniels and Range will be GVR'd back down to the lower courts with an instruction like reanalyze it under this case law now. Um, but yeah, I'm hopeful that we will carve out some really clear delineations now. Just on a side note, when you go back all the way in society, and this is one of the things those in favor of civilian disarmament, this is the ugly band-aid that they got to pull off on this. But every form of gun control going all the way back to the formation of this country was based upon disarming people that we deemed to be dangerous. Unfortunately, the criteria that we used to determine their dangerousness had to do with the color of their skin or the religion they practiced. And so here's another truth. Since Stephen's been throwing out truths all day, I'll give you guys another truth, which is Gun control is racist in its formation. That's the inescapable truth. It is absolutely, and you go back all the way to 1600s in Virginia and you track out every single piece of pre-colonial, colonial, post-revolutionary war gun control all the way up and almost into the early 1900s. 
All of them focus on disarming people based either on the color of their skin or their religious beliefs. That's the truth. All right. Did you hear that leftists out there? I know you enjoy watching State of the Nation and Washington gun law because you get to learn new things. If you're out there looking for racism, there it is. It's at the core. It's at the platform, the nexus, the genesis of gun control. All right. Mr. Kirk, we want to thank you for joining us here. We know you're a very busy guy out there. We love the channel. We want to recommend that you get out there and subscribe to Washington Gun Law. Uh, William does great work over there. Him and his team are absolutely amazing. And we'll have you back on again real soon. William Kirk, right here. Thank you. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you very much. All right. This is State of the Nation on today's News Talk TNT. With his expert analysis and opinion, this is TNT Radio's Timothy Shea. Oh no, could the squad soon be a thing of the past? Well, based on the hot water that Democrat representatives Cori Bush from Missouri and Ilhan Omar, her brother's wife from Minnesota, are in, all signs point to yes, outcome likely. What am I talking about? Well, according to Representative Byron Donalds of Florida, Cori Bush has diverted campaign funds into some questionable security expenses. And Omar was filmed in Somalia saying she's Somalian first and Muslim second. Didn't seem to be a mention of the United States or her oath of office to the Constitution in there. The sooner we're well shot of these people, the better. They're clearly here based on intersectionality, not intellect and nothing will become them so much as they're leaving. From MAGAinstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea for today's News Talk TNT. I didn't ask to be thrown in the streets with nowhere to go. I didn't think I'd survive. But I did ask for help, and Covenant House was there for me. One in 10 young adults will experience a form of homelessness this year. For these kids who didn't ask to be put in this unthinkable situation, Covenant House is there. Covenant House helped me break the cycle of homelessness in my family. They gave me the love that I needed. Over 2,000 young people will sleep safely in a Covenant House bed tonight. When youth who are experiencing homelessness have a hot meal, a safe place to sleep, medical care, and love, they can overcome heartbreaking challenges and have a brighter future. They just really genuinely just wanted to help me succeed, and I'm succeeding. I'm a, I'm a speaker, I'm an author. Covenant House really helped me and really helped mold me into the woman I am today. If you or someone you love is asking for help, go to safeplacetosleep.org today. The conversation continues with Brian McLean and Steve Hook at State of the Nation on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Okay, welcome back to State of the Nation. Well, you know, it's dark times, dark times indeed. And uh, when you look around, you're thinking, goodness gracious, man, this sounds almost biblical. It almost it, it almost seems like end times we're looking at. I mean, how far will these globalists go to force us all into their vision of utopia? What about civil war? Could that happen? Are we looking at a possible civil war? Uh, you hear this word popping up all the time now in large part because of the topics we were just talking about uh, with the previous guest. But uh, everything else, too. How about the immigration system? Our southern border is wide open. Could that be a Trojan horse to effectively end the United States of America and bring about this globalist new world order? Now, listen, if I had heard myself say this five years ago, I would have thought I was insane. I would have invested in Reynolds wrap. I would have been making tinfoil hats. But now... Now, it's hard to argue that things are not looking right and things seem to be almost intentionally being made to be wrong. So we decided to bring on Pastor Mark Blitz. Uh, Pastor Mark, welcome to State of the Nation, and uh, we appreciate you coming on. Uh, Your best-selling author, America at War 2024 through 2026, the sons of light versus the sons of darkness. So you take on all these topics, Pastor Mark. Uh, welcome to State of the Nation. Let's talk about him. Uh, am I wrong to think uh, that was once tinfoil hat thinking is now becoming a little bit more and more reality? Oh, I totally think so. Thank you so much for having me on. 
But I, I really see civil war coming to the United States and our, our border crossing is insane. Uh, we don't need a Trojan horse. We're inviting the enemy in. Then we're financing them. We're giving them medical expense. We're giving them food. Well, uh, they don't need the Trojan horse. I think this is totally intentional, like you're saying. And I do see a civil war coming by the end of this year because of the elections. You're going to see civil war between the right and the left. You're going to have a religious war between pro-Palestinian and pro-Israel. You could see ethnic war happening uh, between like the Black Lives Matter and the white supremacists. But I see with our country is the weakest it's ever been. And I would not be surprised if we see terrorist attacks within the United States because of all of the terrorists they've allowed to come in. I believe we're going to see people blowing themselves up in gas stations, in restaurants, in grocery stores, on bridges. Sir, um, you know, I can't argue with you at this point. And <clears throat> with regards to the open border, national security, potential terrorist threats, the odd history of what happened on 9-11, the odd per, um, proclivity of our um, intelligence agencies to run regime change operations all around the world and ostensibly here in the United States, if we look at just about every story that started with, well, 17 in intelligence agencies agree, dot, dot, dot. We see this here in our own country. We see color revolution tactics being applied to Americans, to identity politics. I mean, how dangerous is this? And what do you think we're going to have? I mean, obviously, you think everything's on the table to be thrown at us between now and the actual election. Um, and maybe the swearing in, if we get that far, are we going to get that far? I'm really not sure we're going to get that far because like, uh, I really think the globalists or the deep state, they're trying to destroy America. We're the only strong democracy that's really left and they need to take it down. So I wouldn't be, I believe our economy is going to completely crash by the end of this year. Wow. Well, <laughs> I hope not. I hope you're wrong. But I will say that if you look around, Pastor, and we take a, a, a gander across the pond, as we say, and we look at Europe, uh, it seems like Europe was kind of the test subject. How can we flood the zone with right. loads and loads of immigrants, say we're doing it for a compassionate reason, and fundamentally change, there's that couplet there that I can't stand, fundamentally yeah. change what it means to be European, what it means to be German, French, right. Swiss, Swedish. Now, all of a sudden, when we're all looking at that going, God, these people, Angela Merkel, she's out of her bloody mind. And we see all that. And now all of a sudden, guess what? It's on our back step. So it does seem to be happening in concert with each other. And it does seem to be world economic form, WHO type globalism. And now people I don't think I, I don't know that enough Americans have woken up to this. Uh, what do you think? I totally think they haven't woken up. We're like the frog in the boiling pot of water. Uh, economically, if you want, most people don't know the difference between a million, a billion and a trillion versus a couple of zeros. If you were to count one million seconds, OK, it would only take 13 years. If you were to count one billion seconds, it would take 31 years. But one trillion seconds takes 31,000 years. To count one trillion seconds takes 31,000 years, and we're 34 trillion in debt. It's, it's all funny money. It's about to collapse. You know, you're not the first person that has offered up that assessment as far as potential financial collapse. And on top of that, uh, we have this insane technocratic overlay now where they're they're trying to mess with us and say well you know the same people that brought us event 201 and then later the corona virus fiasco are basically threatening us in very similar manners with a cyber polygon event we just flagged up a story yesterday out of hong kong where a um a mid-level management person at a business was on a Zoom call with who he thought was the the CFO, the chief financial officer, and a couple right. other board members. And they he was deep faked. They were not right. real. And he he 
he spent he, he <laughs> wired out twenty five million dollars. So yeah, what do you think about this whole technocratic overlay sort of chipping away at the foundation of our finances, of our internet, and of our actual perception of reality? Oh, you are so exactly right, because you get AI in here and deepfakes and Biden supposedly saying something or Trump supposedly saying something. We can't trust the news at all. Uh, and something you had brought up earlier, I, I really believe like Dearborn, Michigan is like the jihad center of the United States. And there are three types of jihad. The jihad of the hand, where they go and they the enemy, the jihad of the mouth, where if the opponent is too strong, then they do everything they can to speak against it. And then the jihad of the heart, where they end up in going somewhere, isolate themselves, learning how to attack. And that's what happened at 9-11. Uh, we have to be more concerned about radical Islam than ever before. Yeah. Well, yeah, but you see, the, the, I, I, the second you said that, you know what I thought of, Pastor? I thought of Mitt Romney saying to President Obama back in the day during the 20, uh, two, 2007 campaign season leading up to the 2008 election, when he was talking about the threat of Russia and Obama said the 80s called and they want their foreign policy back. Now, if you were to say that uh, that radical Islam, Islam is a greater threat now than it's been in a long time, I would wager that you're going to have people say, hey, 2001 called, they want their foreign policy back. But all you need to do is look at what Iran is doing. Uh, look at the Houthis. They use yeah. what's going on in Israel and in Gaza as an excuse, but they don't give a rip about anybody in the Palestinians. They don't care about them. That's exactly. just the that's just the angle they use to justify their attacks. And we've got a very weak president. Let me ask you, should we get through an election? Should President, former President Trump become uh, future President Trump? Uh, will that change your your view on this? Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, some things are just written uh, where there's nothing we can do about it. But I really think we've already given $7 billion of equipment to the Taliban, leaving it in Afghanistan. But at the same time, they won't even let the Israeli soldiers have rifles. I, I mean, our whole policy is so screwed up right now. Uh, I I'm not sure about Trump. I think Trump would definitely be better than Biden. Uh, but I I'm not sure we're even going to have elections. Well, that that kind of comes down to what we're getting at here. Like, are we even going to make it? Because it seems like the the globalist powers that be and, you know, the Fortune 100s and the media machine and the intelligence uh, agencies internationally really don't want another Trump presidency. They're basically right. saying that they'll do anything to not right. have it. And they're talking about disease X so that there's our pestilence Ex coming back. We're talking about yeah. World War Three. There's war yep, coming yep. back. Yep, We're talking no about famine, uh, famine yep, coming yep. back. And all these yep. things. Here's my big question, though, to you. All these things are biblical. But how biblical Like, is do I frame it as biblical or do I frame it as the ghoulish, twisted intentions of corrupt men? You know what I mean? It's like. These are biblical times, the things we're, we're seeing the four yeah. horsemen all the time, but it's like every time we look at them and we peel the layers away, it's man-made, it's manufactured. Well, God uh, is in control of mankind. And uh, the reason why I know this is biblical, the solar eclipse that everyone's talking about that's coming on April the 8th, intersects the one from 2017, seven years ago, and it intersects in a place that is known as Little Egypt. And the solar eclipse is taking place on the same day of the three plagues of darkness in the original Exodus plague, the same day that it happened. And then it also cuts through the October 14th annual solar eclipse that happened. It's also gonna intersect that in a place known as the Texas Triangle, where the greatest amount of human sex trafficking is taking place. And, and so when you look at the heavens, God said he created the sun and the moon for signs. And when you see the signs that are in here, I, I think uh, we don't uh, stand a chance really personally, but I hope it's all based on if people repent, but I don't see that happening. Yeah. Well, yeah. If anything, people are, uh, uh, and again, I can point to Europe. We saw it in Europe first. 
Europe really did this relatively quick march to secularism uh, since post-World War II Europe uh, has gone secular in a huge way. Uh, and we're seeing that here in the States more and more. People are kind of turning away from God as some kind of, oh, this is just old-fashioned, uh, yeah, your, your sky yeah. fairy, and all this this kind of uh, vitriolic uh, attack that they do against Christians and people of faith. It, it's pretty ugly to watch. Uh, maybe sometimes God has a way of shaking things up and saying, well, I told you I was real. Uh, good luck fixing the planet now that I've allowed you guys to destroy it. Uh, maybe you'll turn turn towards me again. Uh, you think that's what we're going to be looking at, huh? I think so. And I just so appreciate you guys and what you're doing on your station and waking people up. I really do. I appreciate your insights and uh, everything that you guys are doing. Well, well, we sure appreciate you joining us, you know, because sometimes I feel the same way as you, you know, and you've written a whole book about it. And, you know, oftentimes as a, a public speaker, you you start to wonder, like, should I be saying this? Like, is this too much? I don't want to remove hope from people. But, you know, when we when we put it all on the scale, sir, and we look at it, I, I have a really hard time seeing us voting our way out of, you know, we talk a lot about power politics here. We're very invested in it. But when it comes right down to, you know, brass tacks and how I'm looking at, you know, preparing myself and my family for what's coming, I don't see us voting our way out of this at this point. No it way. feels like it's too far yeah. gone. It is. It is. Matter of fact, in the book of Jeremiah, three times God tells Jeremiah, don't even pray for these people. That It's set. It's done. Don't even pray for them. Wow. Yeah, that's uh, that's an uplifting thought, but yeah, yeah, it, 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 that might be what brings about redemption is utter exactly. destruction. People don't yeah. come to God in the good times; they come to God in the bad times. And so, I think, in one sense, we're going to see a great revival take place, but it's only because of the spanking we're going to get. Yeah, uh -huh. I, I think you might be right. There's something about um, uh, contemporary American life where we're just not in the numbers we need gonna snap out of this without um austerity and troubles and troubled times but you know troubled times bring hardened men and women and yep. that's exactly what we need so um you know i want to i want to shout your website out here it's esm.us that's where you go to keep up with pastor mark blitz and you know uh the book america at war 2024 to 2026 the sons of light versus the sons of darkness um, a lot of, you know, a lot of times, Pastor, we, we got about a minute left. A lot of times people come on and we start drilling down and the further down we drill, we come to this, what, what do we do question? And the only thing that yes. remains for some guests is we got to get right with, uh, with our gods, our God, exactly. it doesn't matter who, right? I mean, <laughs> exactly. so I'll, I'll hand it to you. Close us out. Get, you got about 30 seconds. I just want to thank you guys again. I mean, you are so right on. And you're so up to date on what is happening. And I just hope more people tell others to tune in to you. Uh, but if they can come on our website, get the book, pre-order it. Right now it's on sale about $10 or $15 off. All right. Well, me and Steve are getting our copies right now. They're going to be in the cart by the time the show ends. And it is about to end. So again, ESM.us. Pastor Mark Blitz, really appreciate this candid conversation. Uh, it's been... Um, I would say encouraging in dark times. So uh, thank you for joining us here at State of the Nation on today's News Talk TNT and stay tuned for Misty Winston.